Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We are so excited that you joined us today. Our lead pastor, Pastor James Lair, is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Good morning, everyone. Happy Fourth of July. It is a special day. You know, as I was preparing this message, I thought of an experience I had when I was on the mission field in Bogota, Colombia. I was on a missions outreach there. And this was during the time when the drug cartels were at their peak. And there was a lot of danger and a lot of terrible things taking place during that time. And so Colombia was seen around the world as a a very dangerous nation and perhaps looked down upon because of the drug trade. And we were having a service there with with the people there in Colombia. And as a part of the worship service, they brought forth the Colombian flag, the flag of Colombia. And several circled around that flag and held on to it and began to pray for their country. And then they began to weep and pour out their hearts. I was so moved. And I I asked myself, do I love my country that much? As much as they do, even with the stigma associated with Colombia at that time, they were pouring their hearts out for God. They were praying, believing God to help their country become something better than what it was. And I'll never forget that experience because it convicted me. Do I, do I intercede for my nation like they do? Do I care for our country like they do? And it so, it so struck my heart. A longtime member of our church, Ed Clark, he's also a deacon and he's an African-American. His wife is Hispanic. And I see Ed as, a, as an ambassador be, between the, the races. And he's been so good for me, helping me understand things and given me perspective, and he, he posted on Facebook this morning, and I asked his permission to share his post with us, and he gave the permission, so I just want to read it to you. He said this, something to think about. The 4th of July, 245 years ago today, some imperfect men signed an imperfect document declaring freedom from England. These men had a dream and a vision for a better life for themselves and anyone who would follow I will say that this country has failed its citizens on many occasions. However, this country has also given us freedoms that others in the world would love to have. As long as we have imperfect people running the country, we will have issues because no person will ever be able to please everyone, and life isn't always fair. However, I will say that I am proud to be an American. I hope you all enjoy your 4th of July. I was just impressed by what Ed shared there, and it really spoke to me that we can acknowledge that our country is not perfect and yet still love our country, amen? We can understand that there are many sins in our history, sins of slavery and oppression and other things there. We, we have those sins, but we can still believe that God can use America for great things, and he has, hasn't he? Even with all its flaws, America has been used by God to share the gospel around the world, to feed the world, to do incredible things. Certainly our nation is not perfect, but I still believe we should love our country. I still believe we should honor and be thankful for what God has done through this country. And so the title of my message this morning is Freedom. You see, a person can be free physically, but not spiritually. Just because we have great freedoms does not mean we are free in our hearts. And in the same thing, a person can be free spiritually even if they are not free physically. How many know there are Christians right now dying for their faith around the world? 
There are very dangerous places for Christians, and they have very few rights, but they are free in their hearts, even if they're not free in the world in which they live. There are many believers who are under great persecution and great oppression, and yet on the inside, they are free. And so what's most important is, as, as vital as our freedoms that we have in this nation, they're wonderful. The greatest freedom comes in our spirits. And our text this morning is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now I know this is a hot button issue and there's a lot of turmoil in our nation right now. And yet I don't want to dodge that. I want to try to address it head on as much as I can. And, and what's most important is that we look to God's word. We study God's word. What does the word of God say about our circumstances? The Bible has a whole lot to say about freedom. Think about it. The Jews were in slavery for 400 years to the nation of Egypt. And yet God set them free, brought them out of bondage into freedom. And that's the message of the Bible is taking us out of bondage and into a place of freedom. Jesus himself spoke much about freedom, and we're going to look at some of those instances today. Number one, Jesus came to set us free. That is why Jesus came to this earth, why God sent his only begotten son to this earth to set people free. It was one of the reasons Jesus came. Now, we look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus was a guest speaker at his home church in Nazareth. Now, this is tough. It's, it's one thing to preach, but to preach to your home crowd where he had grown up was a challenge. And so this particular Sabbath in the synagogue, Jesus was handed the scroll of Isaiah. And this is what Jesus read, Luke 4, 18 through 21. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so the people knew that this passage of Isaiah was prophetic of the coming Messiah. And so Jesus read this passage and he said, today this is fulfilled. I am the Messiah. And of course, they weren't real happy about that because he, they had seen him grow up there and they thought he was nothing special, but he turned out he was the, has always been the son of God. And so one of the reasons Jesus came to earth was to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, not necessarily the literal prisoners, though certainly that as well. But those in bondage to sin, to disease, fear, addiction, anxiety, depression, guilt, regret, you name it, whatever binds you, Jesus came to set you free of that. That's why he came. He, he doesn't want us imprisoned by any of these things. He wants us to be free. Of all people in the world, Christians should be free because they have freedom in Christ. No matter where they live, they should know this this freedom that comes in their spirit. And so even if you're not physically free, Jesus can set you spiritually free. And that is why spiritual freedom is more important than physical freedom. And it feels good to be free. Isn't it wonderful 
Sometimes we take it for granted, the freedoms we have in this country. Sometimes we take it for granted, the freedoms we have in Jesus. Now, most of you, many of you have been praying for me. I've had kidney stones for going on three weeks. This has been a nightmare, I'm telling you. Longest I've ever had to endure this. There were nights I got very little sleep. If you've had kidney stones, you know the pain, and it just won't go away. No matter what position, you're rolling on the ground, you're climbing the walls. I was doing stretches like I've never done in my life before, trying to, just trying to get relief. And so I was going to have surgery on Friday, and so on Wednesday, they went me through, took me through all the pre-op. I gave blood, paid my down payment of what the insurance wouldn't cover, got all the things dialed in, and wouldn't you know it, that night, I passed my kidney stone. Praise God. Didn't have to have the surgery. I'm trying to figure out how to get my money back since I didn't have the surgery. I want that deposit back. But I'm telling you, after th- three weeks of misery... It felt good to be free. You know, the longer the bondage, the greater the freedom. You know, Jesus said, he who has been forgiven much loves much. It feels good to be free. And that's what Jesus wants for every one of us, whether you've got kidney stones or spiritual stones, whatever it may be. The second point of freedom we see Jesus speaking of, number two, is freedom comes by knowing the truth. I spoke on this passage a few weeks ago, so I won't belabor the point too much. But here's what Jesus said about freedom. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, most of the time, we only quote the end of that verse, the truth shall set you free. But that's not necessarily the case. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's a progression of things that lead to the truth that sets you free. Notice this progression. If we obey the teachings of Christ, we will be his disciples. You won't know freedom unless you obey Christ, unless you follow God's word. We want freedom, but freedom comes through obedience to what Jesus said. It's not just automatic. We, we have to walk out in the, the obedience. And if we obey the teachings of Christ, we become his disciples. We become his followers. And if we are his disciples, then we will know the truth. And if we know the truth, that truth will set us free. So it's a progression. It's a process. It's not just the truth will set you free. You have to obey the teachings of Christ You have to become a disciple of Christ. You have to follow the Lord. And then you have to know the truth for yourself. You have to study it from God's word. And when you know the truth, that's what sets us free. But what is truth? You know, we live in a day and age where things that used to be right are now wrong. And things that are wrong are now considered right. Everything is upside down. And the Bible prophesied in the last days... Men would call evil good and call good evil. And so we're, fi- we're seeing a fulfillment of the last days. And so truth is defined by what everybody decides for themselves, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible defines truth like this. It is that which is certain, correct, pure, and genuine, that which eternally conforms to reality and upon which one can depend. You see, truth is not subjective It is not relative or or open to personal interpretation. Truth 
is from the Lord, and God's truth is objective, and it is absolute. It does not change. Whether it's today or 2,000 years ago, God's truth remains the same. And so we have this anchor for our soul in a world that's changing everything and, and distorting everything. We need the word of God to anchor us and keep us rock solid on the truth. Because it's that truth that's going to bring us true freedom. And when we know, speak, and live out God's truth, we will live in freedom. My third point is this. Jesus sets us free once and for all. We need to understand we cannot set ourselves free. For anyone who is not a Christian, you may not be aware of it, but you're in slavery to sin. You're in slavery to Satan. It's Jesus that sets us free. We cannot set ourselves free. We are not Houdini. Does anybody still remember who Houdini is? Yes, he could get out of handcuffs. He could get out of everything. He just couldn't survive a, a punch to the stomach at, at the end of his life. But Houdini was known for getting out of every trap. But we're not Houdini. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot set ourselves free. Listen to what Jesus said in John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The truth is, we are in bondage before we came to Christ, and we cannot save ourselves. We can't get off these worldly handcuffs. But if Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. You are free for good. You are free forever. It doesn't mean we're sinlessly perfect, but it means the power of sin is broken over our lives, and we can begin to overcome it a lifetime process of sanctification, of being free. We cannot free ourselves. We are stuck without Jesus. We need a savior. We need a deliverer. And all the false religions in the world teach you that you can save yourself. If you just know the certain mystical truths or pay enough money, somehow you can save yourself. But I'm here to tell you, no one can save themselves. We need a savior. And Jesus is that savior. He has rescued us from the dungeons of darkness. Now, when I was a kid, we'd go on vacation. It's summertime. People go on vacation. It seems that we would drive three days, spend one day there, and then drive three days home. I mean, it was all driving. You know what I'm saying? And there were no Game Boys or phones or anything to entertain you. Oh, the misery of that station wagon forever on the road driving. We didn't even have air conditioning. Oh, they said, no, we've got 455 air conditioning. Four windows down at 55 miles an hour. That's the air conditioning. Oh, it was, it was miserable. And, and we didn't get to stop much. And, you know, I like to eat out, but we weren't raised that way. We rarely ate out. And I don't know if anybody's with me. In fact, if we were pulling a trailer, we would never eat out. We'd, fall, we'd pull over and mama would make us sandwiches right from the fridge. We wouldn't even have the glory of eating out on vacation. Well, I remember one vacation distinctively when we weren't pulling the trailer. And so, bless God, we were able to pull over to McDonald's. Oh, the glory. And we had been driving a long time. I had been sleeping. It's the only way to make the time pass. You try to fall asleep. So I was kind of groggy, and, and I was just a, a little guy. I, you know, I'm much bigger now. But uh, <laughs> my brother and I went in. My brother's four years older than me, Danny. And we went into the bathroom at McDonald's, and he left before I did. And so I'm groggy, washed my hands. And, 
and I couldn't open the door. It was so heavy and I was so little and I was tired and I tried and tried to open that door and then I started thinking, oh no, they're going to leave me. They're going to leave me forever in this McDonald's bathroom. I'm going to die here. And then I started crying like it's all over for me. And then my brother opens the door and says, what are you doing in here, stupid? Come on. <laughs> I've never been so glad to be called stupid in my life because I thought I was going to die in a McDonald's bathroom somewhere in Oregon. But my brother set me free. I couldn't free myself, but he came along and set me free. Jesus will set you free. I'm telling you, being a Christian is the greatest thing in the world. The freedom you have in Jesus Christ. You're free from the power of sin. You can be free from guilt. You can be free from condemnation. You can be free from all that regret. We, we carry it, but we don't have to. That's why Jesus came. He wants his people to be the freest people on the planet. That we have a sense that nothing holds us, nothing condemns us. We've been forgiven of our sin. We've been forgiven of all of our mistakes. Because when Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. And even if we falter and we all stumble, we all fall back at times, but the important thing is that we get right back up and ask God's forgiveness, and he's so gracious to put us right on the path. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We just got to own it, and then he owns it. He takes it upon him on the cross. Number four, freedom can be lost if we don't stand firm. I have some concerns about that in our nation today. I don't know if you've read about the pastor in Canada that was arrested for having an outdoor service. Now, I know there's a lot more to the story, but just on a surface, doesn't that kind of frighten you a little bit? I mean, isn't that a little unsettling? That a pa not in communist China, not in, not in Russia, in Canada. And so things are changing. And I believe, I believe freedoms are being challenged. And... We have to stand firm, especially in our freedom in Christ. There's a story in the book of Isaiah about the nation of Judah, and its king at the time was King Ahaz. And Judah and Jerusalem were under siege by the king of Israel. Remember, they were a divided empire now. And so there were times where Israel and Judah would go at war with each other. And this was one of those times in King Pekah, was the king of Israel, and he was attacking Jerusalem, and King Ahaz started getting skittish and started getting panicky, and, and it says the hearts of Ahaz and the people were shaken like trees in the forest are shaken by the wind. These people were freaking out. And so God wanted to speak something into their lives. God challenged Ahaz. He said, be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid and don't lose heart. How many think that's a good motto for today? What you see going on in the world, what you see happening, keep calm, be careful, don't be afraid, and don't lose heart. We can't lose heart. And so the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, he warned King Ahaz. He said, King Ahaz, you better listen to me. Don't be afraid of what you see and what's going on. Listen to me. And this is what God said in Isaiah 7, 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. 
This is a message for us, for the church today. We have to stand firm in our faith. It is the most important thing we do. We will stand firm in God's word. We will stand firm in our faith. Because if our faith falters, so will we. If we lose our faith, we will lose everything. And so I challenge you to never lose your faith, to stand firm in your faith. Don't cower. Don't be afraid. Be calm. God is with you. But we have to make the stand. We have to make sure of what we believe and that we're walking with the Lord. Stand firm in your faith. Because if we don't stand in our faith in these last days, and the Bible says there'll be a great falling away, there'll be a great deception. And so it's imperative for you and me as believers in Jesus Christ to not falter, but to stand firm in what we believe. If we don't keep our faith, we will lose everything. And so here is a good motto to live by that talks about standing firm in your faith. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. If we can just live this way, stand firm in our faith. Come on, let's be courageous. Think of the Christians who have gone before us, who gave their lives, who paid the ultimate price. We can do this if we stand together. We can be strong. We can be courageous. But what's most important is we do everything in love. Love is what matters most. Now, sometimes love has to be tough. We, we got to speak the truth in love. But we need to stand. We need to stand together and not stand alone because it's easier to stand together than to try and stand alone. And so this is how we should live in these last days. And finally, number five, freedom is found wherever the Holy Spirit is. If we want freedom, then we need to be where the Spirit is. Look at 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I believe we need a revival today. America needs a spiritual renewal. These problems are not going to be solved in the natural. I believe God wants racial reconciliation, don't you? Don't, especially among believers. This is what God wants. This is the heart of God. The Bible teaches that we are one in Christ Jesus. That every tribe and every language will populate heaven it will be glorious. Let's get to work on it now. The cure for the problems of our nation are not going to be solved politically. It's spiritual. There is a spiritual problem in our world. And we need a move of the Holy Spirit. There have been times in history where there was revival. In American history, read about the Great Awakenings. The Great Awakenings when many came to Christ. Charles Finney was an evangelist in the 1800s. He led a million people to Christ. That's revival. Now, those of us that are younger, you've heard about revivals. Your parents, your grandparents talked about great moves of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and it won't look like it did before. God always does something new. 
But I want my kids to see a move of the Holy Spirit that they can point to and say, God met me that night in that altar. God spoke to me. God touched my heart. I will never forget the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Those services that the, the Spirit was so thick, it was so powerful. I want that for my kids. I want that for my grandkids, but I realize it won't look like I think it should look like. It will be God's way. You see, we need to understand that our children may not carry all of our traditions. They may not even have all of our convictions. But what's most important is that our children have the same Jesus we do. The same faith. That's what's most important. We may not understand some of the things that take place some of the styles or tattoos. How many of you know, let's not let a tattoo keep us from having unity with someone in Jesus Christ. Let's not let the externals become more important than the internals and what really matters because I believe God wants to move in our land. Listen, there's been a worldwide pandemic. God's trying to get the world's attention. Are we listening? Are we standing in our faith in these times? Are we believing God for a revival and a miracle? It's up to us. You, we shared this at the beginning of the service. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, it's up to us. We can't wait for the world to do something about it. We're the ones who know God. And so we need to be the ones praying. We need to be the ones believing. We need to be the ones reaching out. We need to be the ones loving one another. That's what it matters. Because when the Spirit of God moves, there is freedom. People get saved. People get delivered. People get healed. Miracles happen. That's what happens when the Spirit is in this place. There is freedom. And that's what we need today. I'm believing that for First Assembly. I'm believing it for all the churches in our community, all the churches in the world, because it's not just us. I hope you'll believe with me. See, there's a greater freedom than just the freedom in, these, in this world. There's a freedom in Christ that no one can take away. Would you stand with me as we pray? Almighty God, on this day when we celebrate independence, Lord, we put our dependence in you. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, we are all grieved, Lord, at the division in our nation. Lord, I pray that you would bring revival now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for a move of your spirit like we've never seen before. A latter day rain, God. Lord, that we've been praying for and we've been seeking you for, Lord. Over a year on Sunday nights, we've been praying for this revival, Lord, and it may take years before it comes, but we will pray, we will believe, and we will stand firm in our faith. Oh God, let the church arise. Let there be a revival that brings racial reconciliation and healing like has never happened before in the history of this world and in the history of this nation. God, we confess our sins. We confess our sins on behalf of our nation. God, we want to confess our sins. You said if we will confess our sins as a people, then you will heal our land. Lord, please, we cry out to you. We seek you. 
Lord, come, move by your spirit that we may truly be free. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Happy Fourth, folks. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We are so excited that you joined us. If you chose to say yes to Christ today, we would love for you to text the word born again, all one word to 94090. By doing so, you will receive more information on your next steps in following Christ. We meet every Sunday at 8.30 and 11 a.m. right here in Bakersfield, California at 4901 California Avenue. We would love for you to join us in person. Also, we have a live stream service at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook. If you'd like more information about Bakersfield First Assembly of God, you can search us on the internet at bakersfieldfirst.com. Thank you for joining us today and have a blessed week.